On Change the World with Matt McQuinlet today, we'll be discussing mental health issues. If you or anyone you know needs help, please call. Lifeline on 131114. Beyond Blue on 1300224636. Suicide Callback Service on 1300659467. If you are in immediate danger, call 000. Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hi, and welcome to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We just finished last week our four-part series on policing with Derek McManus, previous 42-year veteran of the Elite Star Group with the SA Police, and, full disclosure, my father, 26-year police sergeant in Chicagoland. Previous to that, we finished an eight-part series on leadership with Gwen Meyer, neurochange master trainer and performance coach. I urge you to check them out if you miss them on Change the World with Matt McQuinley, M-C-Q-U-I-N-L-E-Y, on our Facebook page or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we begin a series on mental health, and today we will be talking about autism, what it is, what we know so far, what some of the common misconceptions are about autism, and we will also hear from Zane Schmidt, who is on the autism spectrum, who will share with us perception of living with, managing, and even thriving with this condition. First, what is autism as we define it today? The CDC, the Center for Disease Control in the United States, says that one out of 54 children in the United States have autism. According to Duke University, autism or the autism spectrum disorder is a neurodevelopment issue that affects a person with their social and communicative abilities. This is a lifelong condition. Sometimes people on the spectrum have areas of strong interest. Sometimes they have repetitive behaviors and sensory oversensitivities. Sometimes it's associated with strengths in math, music, art, visual memory, and science. It is a spectrum disorder, so various people have various levels of challenges with it. You can diagnose it as early as one and a half to two years. If treated early, results in managing autism can be quite good in the long term, and people with autism often have other conditions with it, including sleep disorders, ADHD, anxiety, depression, and gastrointestinal problems. Some misconceptions about autism are they can't feel empathy. Well, the truth is they can feel empathy. And actually, if they can pick up the body language and the social cues and the vocal cues, which they have trouble reading, they can be more empathetic than the average individual. Another misconception is that they all have these extraordinary abilities like Rain Man, but only 10% of people on the autism spectrum have those. Another misconception, and there have been many, many, many studies that back this up, is that vaccinations cause autism. That's not believed. One of the misconceptions is that people with autism have no sense of humor. I can say for a fact that Zane has a sense of humor because he thinks I'm funny. 
There's also no evidence that autistic people are more violent than people without autism, and they can have romantic relationships. Today in our studio, we have Zane Schmidt, who's 30 years old, was diagnosed with level two Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autism spectrum, and is an entrepreneur. He has had three successful, profitable businesses, one with a partner, and as the saying goes, the toughest ship to drive is a partnership. The other one was owning a coffee shop for six years that was operational profit every year. He got bored with that, then he had a hotel for three years. He learned everything he felt he could learn from that, and now he's a commercial real estate broker. So Zane, if you'd be kind enough to tell us what it was like as a child with Asperger's, we'd appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Matt. Yes, so have been a, so being a child having Asperger's, the things we, the things that the main differences I think between a child that's not on the spectrum and one that is on the spectrum, we obsess about things very much as a young kid. I'll give an example. When I was really young, it's quite surprising, Matt. I was obsessed with butterflies. I'm talking obsessed. Like I had a huge butterfly in my bedroom. I would like think about them all the time. I would go to the botanical gardens when I was young and uh, just just try and find butterflies all the time. I also, but as well, when you're young, people do accept you a bit more, of course. So, you know, because they think, oh, he's just going to grow up and be into the person like everyone else. But as a child, uh, it's very clear that I was different to the other kids. I would just do things that just wouldn't make sense to the average human being, throw sand at people and do dumb stuff that, you know, you just and just have no empathy whatsoever. Couldn't get my feet in uh, sand at all. I would say things that would just make no sense to anyone, <laughs> even my own parents, um, constantly. So, um, and that obviously that just happens over time. And then, yeah, by the age of five, you could start to see that there was a very, very big difference between me and, and the, normal, um, the normal child, that's for sure. So what was it like as a teenager? I mean, that's an awkward time for uh, everybody. But, I mean, if you add on the, I mean, trying to fit in and trying mm -hmm. to be in the in crowd and being accepted and your body changing, what was that like when you add the other level of complexity to it where you have trouble reading the social cues and you have trouble, you know, understanding where the other person's coming from? What was that like? That was my biggest problem during high school. For 12 years, I got bullied. So since I, as soon as I started school and for, until I finished school, I was bullied daily, constantly, literally to the point of where I tried to do things to myself that I not greatly um, I regret. Social cues is very difficult. I struggled so much with it. I couldn't pick up many people's social cues, and that was the main problem I had consistently at school. I used to be basically, I did whatever I could to try and fit in. So I would do things that I knew that um, I thought would just, you know, because, you know, they, they thought I was a part of the boys or whatever, and I'd do them. And looking back now, I see that they were just completely manipulating me just to get entertainment and fun out of me. You know, I used to hang around the very popular school kids because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be accepted. And I did whatever I could to try and get their expectation to, to make them ex accept me. But there was constantly times that they would do things that, uh, that are very, still very painful to this day. Uh, um, most of them, what's actually quite funny, Matt, is that a lot of them I'm friends with now mm. because most of them have apologized 
to me, which is really, 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 really appreciative. I'm actually were very emotional, apologizing to me, mm-hmm. especially you know over time. They all realized that how damaging my life was and how damaging they made school for me. Put in perspective, guys, I would sleep probably two hours a night, if that, every day. So I was exhausted 24-7, mentally, physically, and emotionally. I was quite a decent sportsman when I was young, and I could never concentrate. Um, That was, And also, even at school, um, I remember I would go into class at English or mathematics or science, and I would just be going in my head, I'm like, what... How, how badly am I going to get bullied at football training? How mm-hmm. badly am I going to get bullied at cricket training? Mm-hmm. How badly am I going to be treated to le- at recess, lunch, whatever it is? And I could never concentrate. Mm. I never, I could never, and that's something I do regret, is that I could never really show people my true potential academically and also sport-wise because I just, just never could concentrate. I was just constantly tired all the time, just mentally as well, not just physically. Mm. But I also look at it as a something that I'm very happy I went through because one day when I do have a child, one day I'll be able to give those cues to him. Mm-hmm. That's something I really want to be able to show people as well. Like I, want, I don't want kids to go through what I went through mm. because it's hell. And I remember when we showed Pembroke uh, and we started talking about autism and in those days it was so foreign, so many people. And I remember we gave out these pamphlets, autism essay pamphlets, and we had to call a meeting for the school to teach people what it was. Mm. That's how, not how, this is how you knew this actually is to Australia. I know in America it's been around for a while, but in Australia I was in year seven and I remember giving out these pamphlets and I'm just like, what, have I got something, uh, you know, now I work it out now. But back then I was just like, what, have I got something that's so rare that no one's ever heard of? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, mate, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. I, I had a very, very tough school life, but I had the two most amazing parents and I have an incredible brother. That's the reason why I'm still here. So family support is so key is what the point is one of the points you're making, it sounds like. One hundred percent, Matt. Without my parents, I know for a fact I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And I'll honestly say that to all your audience. The key for anyone who's on the spectrum, they need that support. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if you're as smart as Elon Musk or if you're a dumbass or any way, in any way, shape or form. You need that support. I can't thank enough what my parents did for me. Mm. And I don't even think if I gave them $10 million, it would be enough. Does mm. that make sense? Well, as a parent, I can tell you right now, and I hate to take the moral high ground, but the money's not why they did it. <laughs> I know, mate. I know that for a fact. Mom and they wouldn't trade the $10 million for you any day of the week, I no, guarantee you. Oh, 100%. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, something about, I was talking to mum about this the other day. And I said to mum, would you ever trade me in? Have you ever <laughs> thought of trading me in? And she was like, there are days that I, that I hate you, Zane, but I will love you to the day I die. Mm. And she's the most incredible, beautiful, amazing woman inside and out. Like my mum stops her room and still ties to this day. Mm. And my dad's a mistress, a very smooth mood himself. Mm-hmm. I think also as well, without my parents realising my family is extremely well known, mm-hmm. and I think I've told you a bit about this before already, Matt. But um, I think also as well, 
that also would have sometimes contributed to the bullying because my parents were very much big movers and shakers in their day. Dad was well before his time with everything he did as an entrepreneur, as a businessman. He did a lot of things for the state and, you know, a lot of people still, you know, love to bag him when they don't even know the full story. Mm-hmm. So that's something also as well. The older I get, I can see, I can pick up the cues as well with people who have some form of Asperger's or autism on that spectrum because I can see my cues a lot better now through so much therapy I had for 12 years. I had 12 years of therapy. Mm. I can see very clearly that my old man has got it because there are things that he does on a daily basis or a weekly basis that it's just like, yeah, that's where I've got it from. I can, you know what I mean? Like, we are so, we're so different, me and my old man, to the average human being. It's quiet. And that we fight like cats and dogs. But his brain is the most incredible brain I've ever seen. And mm. when he's when he's not unwell, he has been very unwell the last 10 years, on and off, unfortunately. But when his brain is working, it's incredible. Mm. Like the other day, he designed a watch. Like I'm talking like a full-on complicated watch just sitting <laughs> his desk having a cup of coffee and he's designed a whole watch literally there so he would there. be one of those 10 percent that can do amazing things he's one of those people that he was always before his time like i said he would be and also as well this is no no disrespect to adelaide but adelaide is a place where people love to upset people about tall poppy syndrome mm. we have this tall poppy syndrome here yeah and I think anyone can probably back this up. And also as well, whenever I've done anything business or something that's public, there's always that stigma mm. because of my family. Mm. And that's something that I know that I have to be aware of. Even though if I don't want to be aware of, it's just there. But like I said, Matt, you know, the other day when I was speaking to you when, and to come onto this podcast, there's, a, there's certain things I don't regret and there's certain things I do regret and there's certain things I wouldn't change. One thing I wouldn't change is the things that I've gone through because it's made me the person I want to be and the person I'm on the journey to be. That's an awesome point. I want to leave it right there because that's such that's such a powerful statement right there. That That is awesome. Thank so you. we're going to hear a quick messages from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Radio Italia Uno is inviting you to our very special once a year gala night on Saturday evening, the 28th of August, at the Marquee Club in Paradise. Tickets are $70, which includes a magnificent four-course meal, entertainment by Mumbo Italiano, and a spectacular floor show. Radio Italia Uno prides itself on inclusivity, warmth, friendship, and community, and what better way to celebrate than to attend this annual event? Simply call the station to book at... 8212-3177 Radio Italia Uno's Gala Night, August the 28th The surprises never end Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions You're experts in all things coffee Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. 
You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 1232177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. In the last session, our guest Zane Schmidt, who's on the autism spectrum, made a profound statement that I was really impressed with. He talked about how this experience of having autism and being an entrepreneur has made him the person that he is. And without that adversity maybe he wouldn't be motivated to have the success he's had. And one thing I see in Zane, and and I'm a big Zane cheerleader here, okay, is that he follows the Kennedy model of to whom much is given, much is expected. He was born to privilege, and I'm sorry, you're not supposed to say privilege nowadays because that's a naughty thing, but the reality is your parents are pretty well off. And you could have just sat at home and felt sorry for yourself and been pampered your whole life and have everything done for you. But instead, you became an entrepreneur. And you're also even uh, doing a podcast now to help raise awareness now of autism and mental issues. And I'm not just saying these nice things about you, Zane, because you're six foot five, uh, a walking inverted triangle, and probably capable of ripping tree trunks out of the ground. It will. I mean, that should probably be your next business venture because you wouldn't need to buy any equipment. (laughs) But I, I, I would like to talk a little bit about what you're doing to try to raise awareness, to try to make your contribution to making the world a better place and changing it for the better. Oh, well, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks very much for those lovely words. <laughs> You're very, very kind. So basically, I've got a bit of a back, the reason why this all came about. Last year, obviously, with coronavirus, everyone got hit very hard. I lost the, the hotel last year through coronavirus, and then I was in a very bad place mentally. Still working through it consistently. 
Um, I see a psychologist and something I will say to people with autism and Asperger's, speak to someone. I don't, it can be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, whatever you think, but always communicate what you're really feeling. Don't bottle it up because that's what I used to do a lot. And you become a, you become the person, you become a person you don't want to be because you think the problem with the stigma of this day and age is people think, oh, you know, it's bad to talk about things, especially as men, uh, mm. with, especially with mental health and, yeah, and autism. Absolutely. And that's something I really want to change. There is nothing wrong with telling people how you really feel. And I really want people to realize that because if you start, this is why there's so many problems in this world now is that people don't really have the balls or don't really have the say, have the know-how to communicate what they're really feeling. And that's something I want to, that's something, one thing I really want to change. So yes, the podcast just launched yesterday, guys. So it's going to be a massive insight. It's going to be very raw. It's not going to be one of those normal podcasts that you can see that's very different. It's been a bit edited the way they've spoken about it. It's going to be raw to the point and people are going to really see the real side of what it's like to live on this like a day to day. And you can ask me any questions. There'll be times that I'll be able to say, hey, I'm going to, you know, there's going to be times where it's going to be very emotional, but there's going to be times that you're going to be like, wow, this, anyone with this can do anything they want to do. I'm going to talk about a lot of different things, but I want people to realize that it can be your worst nightmare, but also can be your best asset. Why do I say that? What I mean is that you see things so differently to everyone else that we can talk about that, you know, I've got a couple of friends who have what I have and it's amazing when, when we're around each other, the, the wavelength is so different to my other friends. We, we see things so differently. We just pick up cues between each other that it just, you wouldn't, that you, I just don't pick up with, an av- with a normal person. And that's the amazing thing about it. But I also just want to get people reading rid of the stigma because there's still people who have stigmas of people with autism. People struggle to get employment who have autism. People struggle to hang out with the opposite sex with autism and Asperger's. And I want to change that. People look at it's a social drama. But the problem is this day and age, Matt, and I really say this with a lot of vigor, I think a lot of people don't know how to communicate anymore properly. Mm. They're so used to their phones, their messaging. So many people don't know how to communicate on a phone properly. Mm. And I think that's another problem as well in this day and age. So if someone has social, has, um, has autism or Asperger's or whatever you want to, you know, however you want to say, if they have problems with, you know, talking in a social situation or being around people in a social situation, then it's going to be double hard for them because people are so used to now just communicating by phone and technology. And I don't think people are spending enough time learning how to communicate, learning how to talk. And I see it all the time. Um, and without that 12 years of therapy of teaching me how to communicate, socialize, be able to pick up certain cues, pick up a ha- what a happy face is, a sad face is, when someone's down, when someone's up, I couldn't pick those things up. And mm. without the all that therapy that I had, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now. I mm. can talk. I like like a per- like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Most people with autism, you can tell straight away they've got it because a lot of the time they'll look away when they look at, when they talk to you. They won't be able to communicate like I am right now. 
they won't be able to talk about things in such a broad, open way. And that's why I think a lot of people haven't, what I have, haven't come out and talked about it because they're so afraid of what people are going to say. I know this is going to probably ruffle people's feathers, but it's the state, it's the fact, because I've seen it personally and I've seen it with people I know. Employers don't like employing people with what we have because they, they're different. And people don't like different people. I'm sorry. I uh, call me this, you know, cancel culture, whatever you want to call it. But people who are different, people don't want it. People say they they'll say it, but the actions don't back it up. Because mm. I've seen it too many times with kids, with myself, with my friends, with people who I know who are on the spectrum or have something different to a normal person. They will. You won't be won't be in public. You won't see it. But behind closed doors. The actions don't back it up. Mm. I've seen it too many times mm. for it to be a coincidence. Well, one thing that's fascinating about you, and there's many, <laughs> but one, one thing that is really neat is despite the fact that you have autism, looking at the businesses you've had, they're all people businesses. Yep. They're all people businesses. I'm all not right. sure if you did that on purpose to yes, force yourself to yes. become better. That's awesome. Yes, I did. Talk um, a little bit about that. Well, okay, so like a, like the first one I did was like a bit of like fun with a mate, with a couple of mates doing a bit of gym stuff or whatever, and it was mainly you. Him. You exercise? <laughs> it was mainly my mate, but uh, we we helped out and did a bunch of different things, and it was really good, and it was just fun, and we enjoyed each other's company, and you know, like I have I've always had I've it's quite interesting. I've had a bunch of friends over the years teach me things, and there's one in particular now that's one of my best friends and I love him to death and I will give him, I will tell him his name. His name's Will Giles. He now owns a very successful social media company and I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me over the last 13 years of our friendship because I've seen, he taught me to be able to be around people. He taught me how to be around people my age because you can have as much therapy as you want. But unless you have someone that shows you the way, it's really difficult. And he taught me to be around girls. He taught me to be around people I don't know, get out of my comfort zones constantly. And now he's such an successful businessman himself already at his young age is that I talk to him about everything. We talk about business. We talk about all types of stuff. And he knows what I've gone through mentally over the years. And he knows what I've gone through in the last 18 months with what happened with coronavirus and how down I was and things like that. And I still have days where, you know, I struggle with it, but he's always just looking and helping me. And I've also got a fantastic business mentor as you, that you know well. She's fantastic. Her name's Shell Hayes. Brilliant, brilliant mind. And she's always got great advice. And so um, it's very important to be around the right people. It's so important, especially with what I have. Look, I'm I'm going to be honest to your audiences. It's not been it's never it's never been easy. Mm. But there is no reason why if you didn't put your mind to something, you can't do it. It might take longer than an average person, but it can be done. And I've had I've had everything. Like I've had where I've I've done very well business wise and done well with money. And then there are times that I've you know it's been down and gone up and down like a yo yo, like, like any business. It's like any anything in life. But the three businesses that I did also was well my family are well known in the hotel industry and hospitality. So that also was well. I had a, I had a really good guidance. Like dad helped me a lot with my businesses as well, and we did a lot of things together with it. Mm. And he's always been a very good guidance. He's very tough, 
he's old school, <laughs> old school German, my old man. Mm. Um, but like I said, I love him to death and we fight like cats and dogs because mm. we're so alike in mm. so many ways. And mum. As all fathers and sons do. I just want to say that I think that's a great point, the importance of a mentor. Oh, mentor and, so and, and, and a friend, a mentor slash friend who can help you, guide you along the way. Uh, I mean, I, I read years ago a, a uh, book on Abraham Lincoln who had mm. some really major issues with depression and other, you know, obstacles as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, he, he was, di- he, we're pretty sure he was manic depressive, Absolutely. at least. And, at, at least. I mean, and other things that were worse. But the fascinating thing is that each part in Lincoln's life, it's like he was preordained to, to save the Union and make the world a better place. Hey, because he, at he was, each point in his life when he needed it, he had the person. right mentor at the right time, to help him. He was an incredible and, person. And, oh, gosh, yes. Um, but, I, but, would, I would love to have met yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. But but the fact is, is that, you know, he couldn't do it alone. He needed some help. And it reminds me of something M. Scott Peck said, which was, uh, who's a great psychiatrist that you're probably familiar with. Yep, I've he, heard he, said, he talked about therapy. And he said, you know, you don't have to have therapy to work through things, but it's a little bit like building a house. You can build a house without nails, but the process is so difficult that what's the point? Use the nails for God's sake. Okay. I mean, I'm saying it a little bit differently than he would, but that was the crux of his argument. So I I think that those are both powerful things. and, And the fact that you talk about how you can do it, man, that's, that is awesome. Can we talk a little bit now about the the challenges? You know, like Zane wakes up in the morning. What are the challenges? Because what I'm hearing from you is this is an ongoing battle, oh, you know, of, every day. And every day is, you know, okay, man up. I mean, for lack of a better term, sorry about that if that offends anybody. But cowboy up, or as we used to say in the service, ranger up and let's go. Absolutely. So t- talk a little bit about that, please. So daily, daily, daily. <laughs> so this is something I will be talking definitely uh, throughout on my podcast as well, which I'll go through a bit more. Which is detail. called? Uh, it's called We Ought to Talk About It. So we ought to talk about it. Actually, a friend of mine came up with that idea and I came up with that. And uh, thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. And she knows who she is. So thank you very much for that. Oh, day to day. How can I put it this way? Being you, you need to have those strong people around you daily to improve, but also to keep you in line as well mm. with what I have. Another friend of mine, Jamie, David Skipping, his name is, and he owns a very he's about to he's, a, he's been a very successful business businessman himself, and it's part of my same group of friends. He's about to launch his first supplement line called. <laughs> it's actually, it's going to be really, really cool, um, vice versa. And so um, he's one of those guys that is just a no bullshit attitude. Like he'll just tell you straight how it is. You might not like it, but it's always good advice. So those type of people help you need on a daily data. But so those two people I really lean on, those mainly. A couple of girl mates that I have as well. Danny is one. She's fantastic. Like a, we've been men's on and off for 15 years and we get along so well and she always pulls me in the line when I do something stupid. So that helps a lot. But it, just things like that. You, one a day of the day, for example, when you wake up in the morning with, with autism is that you don't know how you're going to go. It's, it's, it's sometimes you wake up with a very, in very in different, you, with different stresses, different moods, different emotions. 
you sometimes wake up with very high stress and high anxiety and you might have any idea why you just get stressed about being social in the social going out into into social life there are days as well oh, i'm not gonna lie that you don't want to get out of bed when you have what i have because you're so stressed out about so many different things like you you know you overthink things as well as when you have autism as well and that's something you have to be very aware of and i have days like that where i just I know that I just have to be by myself. If I don't, I'm going to do something I don't want to do. So you definitely need to have, give yourself that time to talk to people. Also, you need to give that time to yourself. I think have yourself, um, have spending time with your personal self is very important. And whatever you enjoy doing, if that's watching TV, if it's like scrolling on YouTube or reading a book, all different types of things, but also as well, you don't, as an autistic person, I'll go through this a lot in the podcast, routines are very important, but you don't want to become to the point where everything becomes routine, 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 because then you'll never be able to deal with any change. So the older I get, I try not to have too many routines because you never things have to change. And some people with autism or Asperger's cannot deal with any change. And this could be the very simple thing of changing to another gym, changing a meal at that time, mm. changing the time you go to bed, changing where you live, wow. which you've got, you got no choice. People hate, people with what I have hate change, man. Like, hate it. We're going to leave it here because yep. we have to take a break. No but those are all. awesome points, and I want to pick up on that after we hear some words from our sponsor. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now. 82662280 Unique Stone we won't be beaten come on che stai facendo yo chiama adesso O'Brien Electrical Adelaide your local electrical electrician service and responsiveness for locally owned and operated businesses their priority 263 Sturt Street in the city, right alongside of Radio Italia Uno. Give them a call and speak with their friendly staff. Their number 1300 051 482. Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market 
and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10 a.m. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram Radio Italia Uno You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM Hello and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley In our last session, Zane Schmidt, our guest, who's an entrepreneur and also on the autism spectrum, made some great points, and I just want to highlight a couple of them. One of the things that jumped out at me that he didn't specifically say was the fact that Zane seems to hang out and associate with only people who are motivated, focused, and driven to succeed. And I remember reading a study years and years ago about people with cerebral palsy. And of course, that's not even close to the same thing as autism. But the analogy, work with me on this analogy here. What, the, what that study found is the, one of the worst things you can do with somebody that has cerebral palsy is put them with other people with cerebral palsy. Because what they do is the behaviors that are undesirable are reinforced by each other. By the, by the different people with cerebral palsy. Mm. So what Zane has done, at least, I don't know if he's done this consciously, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he has, is he is focusing on interacting with people that will drag him up yep. rather than drag him down. And I, another couple of the things that I noticed in the last section that I'd really like to shine a light on is he follows the ancient wisdom of keeping himself centered. Even... Throughout history, the great people have always focused on, and the great leaders have always focused on taking time alone to get themselves centered and fit for service, and he seems to do that. One of the other things that I really want to highlight that jumped out at me is the fact that he knows he has these issues, so he puts strategies in place to win the battle before it begins, kind of like Sun Tzu. He knows he's inside his yearning for routine. But he limits the amount of routine he puts in his schedule because he knows if that routine has to be broken, which sometimes it will, it'll lead to a big problem for him. So he plays good defense and good offense. Correct. So, Zane, if you could talk a little bit more about maybe some of the comments I made there, if you feel it's necessary. Or if you could add on to a little bit about what it's like waking up with autism every day. Absolutely. Well, to comment back what you were just saying before, like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stick everything up anyone's butt here. But at the end of the day, it's not all, you know, red roses. That's for sure. It's uh, at the end of the day, it's still it's still an ongoing ba- battle, um, you know. And with the routine of things, uh, it's something that I'm I'm always very aware of that I need to keep improving. But like I said, um, there are still days that I still have problems with it all. Like I said the other day, I had a day where I just didn't want to, um, I just needed the day to myself and that's what I did. Because you just, I just was, I just didn't want to be around anyone. And there are days like that where, and you'll see this guys, um, if you have any kids who have autism or Asperger's and you'll see that there's just times that they just need to be by themselves. And it's not a bad thing. It's just something that, that I really want to educate kids that it's something that we need to be teaching them and that's something that but when you're waking up with autism or Asperger's is that you'll never feel 
I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter how good of a day you had the day before. You'll never feel like another person, like other people do, mm. ever. Never have. I've never woken up with, as a day and been like, I'm a normal person. Mm. I've never woken up like ever. Even if I've got a, you know, even if I'm, you know, had a be- had a great day, or I've caught up with someone I really care about, or if I'm with someone that I really care about, or whatever, I've never woken up and be like, hey, I feel normal today. Mm. That's never happened in my entire 30 years of life. So that's something that is always a battle. Because sometimes you're like, why what, Why did God give me this? Mm. And sometimes you have emotional times over it. There are sometimes you have times where you realize it could be a gift, but you know some people, it takes a long time for them to work out their gift. Because everyone, they, they all say that everyone's got a gift, but also as well with someone with autism, yes, we do. We have gifts in certain things, but there are days that you think you don't have any gifts. You might, you just think you're different. But then there are days you're like, wow, I actually do have a gift. And you got to learn how to use that gift properly. That can take years. Some people mm. can pick it up straight away. With me, I've always said that I've always been passionate about a lot of different things in my life. Like I said, I've you know, went from butterflies to sport, to bodybuilding, to business and all types of stuff. But I always, I always say to myself, I'm like, everything happens for a reason now, and I've worked that out. Everyone goes through adversity, but we, um, we go through more adversity. From what I've seen, it just on a, even on a daily basis, you know, yeah, people get one, two, three things. You know, the three people, the three you know issues affect you know in one hit. Sometimes it can be six to ten in a row in a week in a day. Things like that. So and there are still days that I still don't pick up social cues. And I'm 30 years old. I can still, there's certain times that I still can't pick up social cues. I work really hard to pick them up. And that can affect relationships in all different types of things. It's affected my relationships with females. It's affected my relationships with mates. It's affected my relationship with business, uh, business associates. And sometimes I have to tell them I've got it. And I feel not embarrassed, but it's hard. Because I'm like, hey, look, they're going to start judging me. That's how I think in my head. And then you talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, they might like, I've had people where I've had times where I've been stood up on dates because I had autism. And that's really sad, but it's true. I've had. I must say, ladies, he looks like a walking Hercules. So if you're missing out, I think that's a big mistake. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'd love to have this guy around for personal security. <laughs> and hey, ladies, if you need, you would save a lot of money on step ladders as well. I mean, you wouldn't need any step ladders in your home. You can get stuff off the top shelf easy. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Now you're a classic, Matt, and uh, <laughs> I've been very much enjoying being on your show today. Um, but like, and then there are times as well, like you know, I've that I've had problems like building friendships with people because. People, I'm, I'm on such, um, I'm sometimes I'm on such a different wavelength. Even in a conversation, they think I'm talking all about myself. No, I just get so into a conversation that I forget that there's there's other people in this conversation. Mm. And that's something that that's something you can tell when someone's got autism, Asperger's, mm. is an adult. We talk and talk and talk and talk. I can talk the back legs of a donkey, mm. especially after 12 years of therapy, learning how to talk. Mm. <laughs> so I had to do a lot of repetitive work to learn how to be like that. Can we talk about some of the subsidiary challenges that you have? 
uh, with sure. autism? Because I know that there can be depression, there can be gastrointestinal disorders, which I imagine comes from stress. I, yeah, I could be does. wrong. Yep. Anxiety. You know, I think you talked a little bit. You talked a little bit about anxiety, but some of these other things that just pile on ADHD. So, I mean, it's not like you're battling one challenge. You have multiple challenges. Absolutely. Uh, ADHD, that can become a very big issue. You can tell straight away that I'm just like, sometimes I get very hyperactive for no apparent reason, even when I'm stressed or have anxiety. There are times that I'm so, I get very depressed and it will be for a certain period of time. It could be an hour, it could be a whole day. Or it could be just just for a moment, and then I'll go back up. So we do have very different mood swings as well sometimes throughout the day. But yeah, depression is a big thing um, when you've got what we have. the The suicide rate of people with autism or Asperger's is higher than the average, because the, and I I'm honest and I'm a firm believer because we just don't have the support networks for that, and that's something that I want to change. Something I want to be a part of in the future. So that's something that definitely is on my mind. I, I'm not going to lie to your viewers. I've had suicidal thoughts. I've had times where I've wanted to do the wrong thing to myself. There's been times I've wanted to hurt myself really badly. And then there's people who stop me. There's been, I've had like, I had an angel one time stop me from doing something very silly at the time. And I've had mates, you know, stop me when, when I've been in very dark times. Because mm. the, the thing is, guys, like I could have a really good day and then the next day could be a shocker. And you're just like, and it takes you back to those painful memories of being bullied for 12 years of school, being bullied at uni, always feeling like an outcast, even when you do everything in your power to not be. Mm. So, and I still feel like an outcast wherever I go. Mm. Everywhere I go, I don't feel I fit in. And I bust my balls to change that. And that affects so many different things, like affects my business life, affects my personal life, affects my love life, it affects everything. And I do everything in my power to fix that. And like I said, it's cost me money, it's cost me jobs, it's cost me a lot of different things. And it's never intentional. I've ne I would never intentionally hurt anyone. And I've, I know I've done that to people, but I've didn't, I, I, I was never intentional. I, I would, ne I am such a, a gentle giant, mm. I don't want to hurt people, and I never would try to. And that comes through in anybody that talks to you. At least to me, it does. It's really clear. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, man. I mean, if you got, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and that, and like I said, I, I didn't get to do as much research I didn't wanted on this topic, only a few hours, but the whole, one of the things I said in the opening monologue is actually people with autism are more empathetic once they can pick up on the cues is Absolutely. what the research indicates. Absolutely. It's not they're less empathetic, they're more empathetic. The problem is they have trouble reading the cues. Once they figure out where the person's coming from, they actually have more empathy. Absolutely. In the small amount of time that we have left, Zane, and unfortunately it's flew by, is I'd like to talk a little bit about where Australia is at with autism, you know, and why you hear it called sometime social cancer. And, and perhaps if we have a chance, you sort of alluded to this before, uh, that you feel there's a hyper PC culture that makes it even more challenging today when you have autism. Absolutely. In Australia, we're, we're definitely becoming a PC culture place. And like, you know, an example, Asperger is actually, is a bit, is actually comes from Hans Asperger, who was a person from the German war in the, in the Nazi wars. And now, because apparently it's connected to that, 
it's uh, we can't call me Asperger anymore. You have to call me on the autism spectrum, which I think is ridiculous. They're completely very different. They are different. They have very different perspectives. So just things like that. People don't like to talk about their feelings anymore, especially with these PC cultures, and that's also a problem as well. I think that's something that needs to be, and especially in Australia, I feel like if you say something that's out of the ordinary, people are going to just you. People are going to go after you. So it's like, I can put it this way. When, you, when, you, when you've got what I have, I feel like I have to pull back what I want to say, what I really want to say about Asperger's, about social life. And I think in Australia, we are very behind other, people, other countries when it comes to that. I think that people can say more about certain things, especially about mental health, autism, Asperger's, and things like that here in Australia. But in, in, in other countries, I think it's a lot more accepted from what I've seen from stats and statistics and things like that. Um, and that's something I'm definitely going to talk about on the podcast as well. Which is called? We ought to talk about it. I'm going to have all different types of um, guests on there, guys. I'm going to have mums and dads talk about what it's like to have young kids with autism. I'm going to have my own parents on there. And they're going to tell you a bit of some stories of what it's like to live been living with someone who's had this their whole lives. I'm going to have some of my really good mates and they're going to tell you what it's, you know, give you a real base, a real serious, raw insight what it's like to be friends with someone with, with what I have. And there's, and I'm, I'm going to have doctors on there. Um, you know, eventually I'd like to get some celebrities on there because I would love to, if I can get, I'd love to get some high profile people on there for a couple of reasons. One, I want to stop stigmatizing this. I want this to be something that I really, really want to, you know, really change, like I said, change the world. When I mean, you know, a bit like what you're doing, Matt, with this uh, podcast, I want to change the world, change the perspective of this and that how, how great people with what I have have. It's a gift, but it's also people look at it as a social cancer because there, until I was 17, man, I couldn't hold a damn girl's hand. I couldn't talk to people. I struggled so much. And that's what I mean. It destroys your livelihood because, and what I mean by social cancer is that it's a, it's a term that I've picked up you know, from, America, from, you know, from American um, companies and the way they talk. And it's just something that needs to be discussed more openly, talked about more. And I would, I think I would be a fantastic ambassador for people to in the future, you know, and that's the whole point of this podcast. And hopefully I'll do motivational speaking with this talk about how this can be a gift and not just a burden. And I want young kids to know this is not a burden. It's something that can be managed and worked with if it has the right support. And I want to be a face and I want to be a voice to kids and people who have it and be like, hey, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be stigmatized by this. And people stigmatize this. Like People would never think in a million years I could go onto a podcast with what I've got or what I'm going to start one. Mm. But I'm going to prove to, to people over time that it can be done. It's just a lot of hard work and dedication to what you want to do. I think we're going to leave it there because uh, that's too inspirational to add to. So we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. 
will listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, proprietary limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Did you know that Podcast City can record your podcast right here in the studios of Radio Italia Uno on our professional recording equipment? Podcast City can also come to your location with our mobile studio. We can record just your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hi, Matt McQuinley back with Change the World with Matt McQuinley. In the last few minutes we have together, I want to reinforce a couple of the key points that Zane made. And uh, also, I want to talk a little bit about my understanding of autism and make sure that Zane agrees. My understanding of autism on the spectrum is that your brain or the process that your brain uses doesn't have the filter that we have. There, our brains take in millions of bits of information every second, millions of sounds, millions of colors, millions of odors, millions of all this, and we're able to filter out a lot of it and just focus on the parts that we feel are relevant. But with somebody in the autism spectrum, that filter doesn't work and a lot of it's coming through. So it's not the fact that they're insensitive, They're oversensitive. It's not the fact that they're not empathetic. They're over-empathetic. So in some ways, like you said, it is a gift. They're overly empathetic, overly feeling people. And because there's so much stimuli, they get to a point sometimes where they're overloaded and they're overwhelmed. And that's why maybe the child will sit and do a repetitive task because they can only, they can focus on one thing and that's soothing. Is that correct? Absolutely. You were 100% correct. There are days that um, you just, you'll hear some news and you like, you'll have this massive outburst. And then you realize about two, five, five minutes later, you're like, I was a bit over the top, Mm. but there's so much emotion in how we talk and how we think. Mm -hmm. So when we hear news, especially ones that it's shocking and we're not expecting, Mm -hmm. you're very likely with someone with autism to have a bit of oof time. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it comes a bit of a problem. 
chem problems, yes. Something you said earlier that I really want to highlight that mm -hmm. I have respect for is when you said you sit down sometimes, you go, why did God give me this? You know, sometimes you feel like it's a gift. Sometimes it's a curse. Yep. And it reminded me of an interview I heard with Jim Lovell several years ago, the commander of Apollo 13. And real quick, for those of you that don't know, Apollo 13 in mid-flight, in outer space, before it got to the moon, hundreds of millions of miles away, a couple hundred million miles away, had a catastrophic failure and was losing oxygen. And it was believed that they had a less than 10% chance of living and surviving this, okay? And the commander, Jim Lovell, when this happened, this explosion occurred, he, said, he was in shock. He thought, oh my God, how, how can this be happening? And then in a few seconds, half a minute, a minute, whatever, he said to himself, well, it is happening. So what's next? And that's how, with that courage and that focus, was how he was able, with the help of a huge team back on Earth, and his crew to save the mission and return safely to the earth. And he was able to circle the moon and land safely back on the earth. And that seems to be the attitude that you have where, gosh, I've got this. Oh my God, woe is me. You have those moments, but you go, wait a second, I've got it. What's next? And you, and you handle it and you move on. And that's an inspiration to other people. So I want to thank you for being on the show today, Zane. And I, I also want to let everybody know that your podcast, which is We Should Talk About It, is going to be, the link will be on our web, our web page and our Facebook page, which is Change the World with Matt McQuinley. Remember to listen to us next week again at 6 p.m. on Monday. As always, I will leave you with an inspirational story. I want to talk today about a young man on the autism spectrum. It was really tough for him growing up. He couldn't express himself. His teachers thought he was mentally retarded, which is a term we're not allowed to use today. They gave up on him and thought he would never amount to anything. He failed the entrance exam to the tech school he wanted to go to twice before he got in. In his doctoral dissertation, which by today's standards would not be accepted because it was too short, his ideas were mocked as irrelevant and fanciful. After graduation, everybody forgot about it. He got a somewhat mundane, meaningless job in the patent office. Because it was so undemanding, as a lot of government jobs are, this job gave him a lot of time to work on his theories. And he developed some great ones and pushed the frontier of science back to such an extent he's a household name and won the Nobel Prize in 1921. By now, several of you, if not most of you, have figured out I'm talking about Albert Einstein, from whom we can learn arguably even more important things than science, even though his theories have transformed the world. We learn from him the value of persistence, hard work, and not listening to the naysayers. His life continued in this pattern until his death. Remember, he was a Jew in Nazi Germany. He didn't leave until December 1932. Hitler was sworn in and chancellor in January 1933. He was also an anti-war protester before World War I. Exactly the stereotype that Hitler tried to portray of the Jews that he felt should be persecuted, that he said sold out Germany. He got out days before Hitler was sworn in as chancellor. 
and lived in fear for the 10 years previous to that. When he left Germany, the largest newspaper in Germany had the headline of good news from Einstein. He's not coming back. Later, a book came out called 100 Against Einstein, where 100 scientists banded together to argue that his theories were incorrect, worthless, and a waste of time. How did Einstein respond? He responded this way. He said, if I were wrong, it would only have taken one scientist. You might think this is hubris or a large ego that he had. That's not true. He admitted when he was wrong. When Hubble found that the universe was expanding, he called the cosmological constant that he created in his theory, the greatest blunder of his life. We today know now that there is a force that's making the universe expand even faster and accelerate its expansion, that he was correct. Now might be a good time to note some of the other people with autism. People like Elon Musk, Anthony Hopkins, Jerry Seinfeld, Daryl Hannah, Andy Warhol, Charles Darwin, the father of this theory of evolution, Isaac Newton, Emily Dickinson, Wolfgang, Amadeus Mozart, just to name a few. You might say, Matt, but Einstein's a genius. That's not what I'm trying to get through to you right now. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, look at how he responded to adversity. Look how he responded with his inability to communicate his ideas across. Look at how he responded to unfair criticism. Look at how he handled adversity. Look at how he handled the naysayers. And there are two kinds of people right now listening to this message. There's the kind of person that says, well, I guess the naysayers might be right and let them drag them down. Who will say, well, it's pretty difficult. I guess I should give up. Who will never reach their full potential. Who will, as Emerson wrote, go into their graves with their song still in them. And then there's the kind of person who will not accept their supposed limitations, who will not listen to the naysayers, who will strive to be their best for themselves and will try to change the world for the better. The question is, which one are you?